Hello coders, welcome to the How to Code Well podcast. It is Friday the 3rd of June. We're doing it on a Friday this time, not the Thursday because of the Jubilee weekend. And also we have some work going on in the house and it's been a bit noisy, so I couldn't have done it on Thursday anyway. So today there are three topics that I want to talk about, some new stories and then a bit about how to code well. So the first one is a website that I've discovered, which is really, really interesting. It's a PHP site. It's called caniphp.com and it allows you to choose which version, which versions of PHP you want to search if a feature works within that version or not, right? So can I use PHP with this feature on this version of PHP? Very good. Can I use PHP Dot com. So you search for the feature, you select the versions that you want to choose, and it'll tell you whether or not that feature can work with those versions of PHP. Very handy if you are working on legacy applications that are being improved, upgraded, and moved on to later versions of PHP. So you can discover what does work and what doesn't work in later versions of PHP. It goes from PHP 5.6 all the way up to PHP 8.2. So I thought I would give that a shout out as I am a PHP dev myself. I'm going to find this quite useful uh, going forward. Okay, the next topic is that I should say right at the start, this isn't sponsored at all. It is a the, the HP Dev 1. This is a laptop that HP have announced. It's only in the registering phase at the moment, so you can only register your interest. And unfortunately, it's only available in the US, so I can't actually get my dirty mitts on it. It's an interesting topic though. I mean, why has HP jumped into this developer space? And the developer space is interesting in terms of laptops because with the MacBook, you have say the professional sort of MacBook Pros, the, the Pro tag, and then you've got the Pro Max tag, and then you've got the Air tag, and then you've got the just the normal MacBook tag as well. So this is very interesting as to how they're, they're going to market this, right? So with the Dell, you have the XPS tag. That is, I say tag, it's more of like, well, I suppose it is a tag, isn't it? It's what they're, it's the, 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 the model, I guess, the, the line the, of the product line, right? They're targeting developers. XPS obviously runs Linux. MacBook Pros obviously run the Mac OS. And then you've got things like System76, they have their own Pop! OS, and then you've got all sorts of other Linux-based laptops um, available. Not a lot, unfortunately, in the UK, but HP has entered this space, and it's very interesting because they're using, they're using Pop! OS as an operating system. So that brings out all sorts of questions. Why did they not choose another distribution? What is going to happen to Pop! OS going forward? You know, Pop! OS is very tailored towards System76. They've built it. They've built the hardware and the software. So it's, it's very sort of, it works incredibly well, right? Unfortunately, I've never actually played with a System76 box before. I have played with Pop! OS, and I would be very interested to play with the HP Dev 1. Uh, going forward. But again, it's only available in the US. Let's talk about some of the tech specs. So 
This, as I said, runs Pop! OS. It's got 16 gigabytes of RAM to start with. Apparently, they're going to offer configuration levels. 16 gigs of RAM is very weird to me because I will no longer buy a laptop with only 16 gigs of RAM if I'm doing any development because as soon as I start working around containerization, my machine starts to cry. I need to have at least 32 gigs of RAM. I guess it's just the things I play with, but 16 gigs of RAM, in my opinion, is quite small for a future-proofed development laptop. It's using eight cores, which is a Ryzen CPU, which is half decent, I guess. And uh, there's obviously the, the screen, it's a 14 inch. This is a FHD screen which is going to be, they, they don't show this, then there's no, on the marketing site, there's, there isn't any images of what the screen looks like. There is a single image of what the laptop looks like from the front view. So unfortunately you can't really, you can't really read between the lines and know what the IO is. Then they're not giving a lot of things away in terms of that. So I'll be very interesting to see reviews and video reviews of this HP Dev 1. Also to me, I think the build quality of this is quite important as well, because if it's metal or if it's plastic, uh, if it's plastic, how cheap does the plastic feel? How does the keyboard feel? The FHT screen, what is that like in the IDE? You know, is it fuzzy or does it actually, is it close to, to, to or as close as it can be to retina? All of those things would be my concerns, I guess, for a dev laptop as well as how high can I go with things like RAM and the CPU. And of course the IO, as I've mentioned, you know, there, there isn't any knowledge on that or, or I haven't found any. So that's the, that's the second topic. So this is hpdev1.com. And thirdly, we're going to talk about how to code well. And we're now reaching a phase where we are in the deployment phase. And I know it's taken it's taken a long time to get to this point. I'm here. I'm talking about the How to Code Well platform. It's the replacement of HowToCodeWell.net. HowToCodeWell.net at the moment is running off of AWS. It's a Gatsby static site, and this replacement is something that I've been building, obviously on Twitch and on on, on YouTube. So you can see how I've how I've built it. And we've got to a stage now where it's ready to be deployed to a specific environment, an environment that isn't production ready yet, but an environment that I can actually use for say, manual testing and performance testing and other things like that. And also setting up the content to be uh, production-esque, right? So this has a content management system behind it. It allows me to update courses, create courses, put in tutorials, upload images, put in uh, project uh, files so for people to download and all that stuff there's a there's a customer management system as well uh, on it too so we've got to the point where the mvp is all green it's passing uh, and the tests will pass we have tests for php unit we've got acceptance tests in cyprus everything is running nice and smooth and yes i'm at a point where i want to deploy it now i have some questions over how I'm going to deploy it. And one of those is the strategies involved in branching, because I want to try and avoid as much as possible 
creating a branch specifically for an environment. I don't want to couple an environment to a branch, but at the same time, I want to have multiple environments ready. I would like to have staging, right? Which is kind of like a, an environment that uses test data, right? A given set of test data that I can just use and test with end-to-end -end tests, knowing that it's going to, each after each test, it goes back to a given set of data, right? And then I would like pre-prod, which is like uh, the next version up to pr production, which this obviously is fictional at the minute. This hasn't happened, but what I would like is to have uh, production data going into pre-prod in sort of a non-customer centric kind of way, but it will allow me to generate the content and test the content out how it looks on the website before I actually put it on production because there isn't any kind of preview mode there isn't kind of draft mode with the um, the courses yet all right so I don't have that ability to just you know have a, a preview mode on production to see what the course would look like how the tutorials look like how the copy reads before it actually goes live so I kind of need to have a step in between between the staging data sets that's, uh, you know, the set data that I'm, that I will always revert back to, to data that is actually more like production going forward. So in terms of how I'm going to tackle this problem, how I'm, well, it's not a problem, this challenge of creating these environments, I'm going to be relying a lot on the pipelines. So we have a, a GitLab runner pipeline we actually have two. We have one where we do a push. When we push to a feature branch, what that does is it runs through code tests. Uh, so code tests, in my opinion, are things like linting, code sniffing, mess detection, security checks, static analysis, unit tests. And we have 701 unit tests covering about between 75 and 80% of the code coverage. Um, we also have integration tests. That happens when we do the next pipeline. This pipeline is when we do a merge request. So it's not a pull request because we're now moving away from GitHub and we're going into GitLab. So a merge request into the main line. Now this does all of those code tests again, but it also does integration tests. These are uh, console command tests. There is 135 database tests, and then it does 59 end-to-end -end Cypress tests. The whole merge request thing right, the whole merge request pipeline takes about 24 minutes to actually process and go all green, which in my opinion is too long. It's too long. So what I'm thinking maybe in the future is having the ability to choose which tests to run depending on what kind of code is being pushed. But I, I need to kind of work out in my head how I'm going to build that kind of level of, of intelligence. And then of course we have a deployment step this is the future step i haven't worked on it yet it's something that we're going to probably deal with in one of the live streams so this is once uh once it's ready to be merged to actually create the uh or the the tagged docker image i'm thinking the tag will be something like i don't know how to code well website slash uh so how to code well slash because that's the that's the domain how to code well slash and then website and then colon staging hyphen and then the the commit hash possibly 
I haven't quite worked out how to do like versionings of like what version one, version two, version three. I'm not too sure if I even need to do that. And then once the Docker images have been tagged and then pushed to the Docker registry, I can then automate a deployment on the state on this fictional staging stroke pre-prod environment. So there's a couple of rough edges that I need to obviously sort out around that. And then that should allow me to be in a stage where I'm more comfortable to actually put this, put this live. And I mean, I know it's taken a long time to get to this stage, but this is in my opinion, a really good positive. It's, it's, it's a, a good, it's a good push forward. And in terms of the branching, the Git branching, there's all sorts of things that I could have played with. So trunk based development, I could have played with release based development, Git flow, all sorts of things. But I've decided not to do any of that and just use normal feature branches. And then we have the mainline. Mainline is going to be sort of stable in terms of that's what will eventually be on production. And then the merge requests and the pull and, and the sorry the push pushes to the feature branches they will run the automated testing but i don't think i'm ever going to be in a position especially from the production point of view where it's all automated i would quite like to have the manual process of now it's all ready now we need to push it up and i haven't even thought yet how we're going what what vpss we're going to be running on um, and how that looks in terms of the infrastructure. So one idea was to perhaps use Kubernetes. Again, I don't know if that's overcomplicating the situation. I don't know. So all of these things are up for grabs right now. If you have any uh, experience with deploying such a website, then do let me know your thoughts, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I should look out for, because obviously I need to think about things like rollback plans as well. So I'll be interested in your feedback for both the caniphp.com as well as the uh, HP Dev One laptop. Are you interested in that? Let me know, as well as the how to code well deployment stuff. So howtocodewell.net forward slash contact is our contact page if you want to get hold of me. And uh, yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. Thank you ever so much for watching or listening. I'm sorry that this is a short one, but I've managed to find a very small part of the day where the dogs aren't barking and the work on the house has stopped. <laughs> Thank you ever so much. Happy coding. See you again soon. Cheers. Bye bye.